0: In order to have your most exceptional life, you are the number one project and priority in your life. And it stops and ends there. It is not selfish to put yourself first, it's necessary. It's selfish not to put your well being first, without a doubt.
1: This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, growth strategist, executive leadership coach, and bestselling author. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you align what you love with what you do in order to build that badass life and business you dream of. Welcome, everybody, to another episode on your Badass Journey podcast. Today, I have a special guest interview to share with you. This woman is like a soul sister of mine. As soon as we got together and started talking, we had so much alignment in not only our story, our journey, but also our approach on how we help activate others in achieving what it is that they want and truly desire. And you know that's what I'm all about. So I had to bring Tiffany Carter onto the show for you to learn from, dialogue with, crack up with, because the two of us have a ball in today's conversation. Tiffany Carter takes the mystery out of making big money while doing something you love. Do you see how aligned Tiffany's outlook and mission is with mine? You know I love helping you align what you love with what you do. So of course we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about how she has produced ways to help you literally match your self-worth with your net worth because low self-worth equals low net worth. High self-worth equals a high net worth and she's all about that philosophy in her Project Me mission. She has um her podcast called Project Me. She has programs called Project Me. You're going to have to check them out. But basically, she uses a magnetic combination of her clear-cut communication style that she de- developed as a TV news broadcaster from NBC and CBS. Her business savvy and proven strategies as a multi-millionaire entrepreneur and her intuitive ability to connect with women on a deeper level to uncover what's blocking you from achieving your dream. See? Told you. She's a soul sister of mine. So I'm, I'm so excited to jump in today's conversation. And I know you will definitely want to connect with her. She is at with Tiffany on Instagram. So snap a picture of this episode as you're listening today, as you have your aha moments, so that you could take notes, post it on Insta, tag us both in it. And we're going to jump into this conversation right now so you can benefit from today's learning. And most of all, I hope you laugh with us because we definitely know how to crack each other up. Enjoy today's episode. Today on the show, I have Tiffany Carter. Welcome, Tiffany. Hey, girl. Hey. I mean you and I could talk and talk and talk and hang out and have sleepover parties like it is we are so aligned in so much that we do and i'm so excited to have you share your journey to date but also gift my listeners with the amazing impact you have through your business your services and just showing up like the way you show up is what i love the most so As we get started here today, I'd love for you to give some background to our listeners on how you came to build your Project Me business and also uh, what you're focused on right now.
0: So I'll give you the short version. I always like to say this before I share my story. It can be triggering to some people. Um, So... I also will use humor in some of the things that I share. And it is not to minimize anyone who has gone through any of the dramatic things I have. It's just my way of lightening a heavy topic. So I grew up in an extremely abusive household. We were the second wealthiest family in an already wealthy area. So on the outside, you know, we looked amazing. Um, both of my parents were entrepreneurs, they were divorced when I was four. Um, the business was run out of my home and there were 25 full-time employees in my house at all times, six days a week, seven days, it maybe went down to 10. This was a full-time operation. So you can imagine the size of the house that was. And I'm an only child. Both of my parents are only children. I have only one living relative to this very day, which is already unusual. I have been sexually abused since the age of 11 to 21. And that's like, I'm not making a mistake there. And I was groomed by someone who worked for my mom. And because she was so focused on her business and God knows what else, and because of her own issues, um, she was even aware of the abuse. She even facilitated some of it. I was used to entertain, I'll just say it like that, her top clients. Kind of think of like, even though it wasn't in like the Mad Men era, but if you guys have watched that show, the liquor business that my mom was in, like very successful businesswoman, but like consumer packaged goods, liquor at that time, I mean, it probably still is, but is very male-dominated, very chauvinist. And basically, I was like a sex-trafficked girl who served them cocktails and they were allowed to do things to me. So you can imagine I had no self-worth, but I somehow learned to not show up slumped over in school like i didn't you wouldn't have seen it on the outside at all i was put into modeling even though i wasn't into it i was in like teen magazine for those those of you who remember it not like i was a famous model but i was in modeling which is for someone with no self-worth is not really a good thing cuz yeah. they just criticize you more yeah. my mom's also anorexic so there was also body, body a lot of dysmorphia. body image stuff yeah. so there sure. my whole point is Lots of... There's no self-worth, but on the outside, it looked like I was confident. In fact, people would say, similar to what you told me when you're on my show, um, what they say about you, you're very intimidating. God, I wish I had your competence. And immediately, I would get a ping in my stomach going, I'm such a fraud if they only fucking knew. Yeah, if they only if knew. They, if they only knew. It didn't make me feel better I had kind of like that fake like smile you give yeah. like when someone compliments you and you don't really believe it. And you're like, oh, thanks. Um, so I was a TV newscaster even before I graduated college. I got hired by NBC to be on the news at age 20. And remember what I said, I was being abused mm-hmm. to age 21. So I was on TV and being abused because I was so groomed by this one particular person from such a young age. Yeah. I didn't know how to get out of it. Now, no, no surprise I got into being a journalist, right? Because people trust journalists. They listen to them. People can hear you. They tell the truth. Now, we all can roll our eyes and laugh now because we all know that's not how journalism, unfortunately, works anymore. Right. And really didn't work then either, but it was a little better than it is now. I was broke. You don't make that much money as a journalist unless you're like Katie Couric, FYI. But mm-hmm. again, more of external on the yes. outside. Tiffany's on TV. Tiffany has, you know, really bad anchor hair and wears blazers, right? So people assumed I was, you know, I was a mini celebrity in a small town. The outside looked good. I was a fraud. Mm-hmm. I had to leave being a TV news journalist. I quit not even with two weeks' notice. I was at CBS. I did a four-hour morning show. I was starting to um, implode. I felt like everyone could see it. Mm-hmm. And I really was convinced I was going to have a nervous breakdown on the air. First off, four hours is a lot of time to be live on TV. Yeah. It's already... It, you're already vulnerable and exposed because you're going to make mistakes. Of like course. You're going to sneeze. You're going to look like a fat ass sometimes. Like Things happen. And I, I, I had to leave before I was going to have a nervous breakdown. And I did and everyone was shocked. And I went into the corporate world because that seemed safe and the right thing to do. Mm. And I saw other people doing it and they had company cars and they bought them laptops and they had expense accounts. And I was like, well, that's what I need to do because that's going to be safer for me because it was all about me feeling safe. Of course. So... Yeah. I interviewed at 50 different places because I wanted to get into pharmaceutical sales, which is very hard to get into. And I got hired by one of the best. So I always say, like, don't give up because if I gave up, Merck wouldn't have hired me, which is like one of the most ethical of all mm-hmm. the pharma companies yeah. and gave me the best training. So like you, I climbed that corporate ladder, climbed it, climbed it, climbed it, hit the glass ceiling, hit the glass ceiling, I I couldn't climb it any further. It just wasn't going. I would get passed up for promotions at a certain point when you start getting to like vice president level. Yeah. It was like national sales director was like truly the highest. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not working. But I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. My mom was one.
1: Right. And And look what happened. Very negative. Yeah. Very negative uh, framework. Right.
0: I didn't want to be one, but I had. One of my you know, biggest accounts, so they were doctors, right? One of my biggest accounts just said to me, you know, we're shooting the shit at lunch. And he goes, Tiffany, you're a top salesperson. You're top at marketing. On the side, I was already helping all my clients, these big medical groups, hospitals, individual doctors. I was already creating marketing and branding plans for them without charging them. It was more like for me to build you know, relationships and good faith. Yeah. right because I was getting a salary and in essence right I was getting making sales cuz I was extreme value and right. he's like why don't you start asking people to pay you for that and I went oh my god no no one would pay me for that i really didn't i mean i had no self worth and it didn't matter i had i was making you know probably between depending on the year, like one hundred and eighty to two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, right? All the awards, I still had no self worth. Sure, because it it doesn't that it doesn't matter. External. It, was, right? all it was all external, right? It was all external, and anytime something happened externally that did not um, align well, it was so attached to my self worth. I could be in like a fetal position for a whole weekend if a client was upset with me. Sure, right? And I. Listen to him. I sat on it and I and I was like, I don't know if I should do this. No one thought I should quit because it was such a, you know, career that people have a hard time getting into. I was making yeah. great money. So I wasn't getting people saying, "Oh, you should do it." Except for him. And he said, "You know what? Why don't you just try it and see what happens? Don't like quit your job." Yeah, side but, like hustle. side hustle. Well, side hustling yeah. wasn't a fucking thing. No. So I was like, it wasn't like I had all these women to look at for inspiration. It was Mm -hmm. like, okay. And I remember when I finally asked, I was terrified. Even though I was fantastic at sales, it doesn't matter. This was for me. Yeah. And I was terrified. And I made sure, of course, the people I asked were the people I thought were like the safest and the most likely to at least not be mean about it. Right. No, I didn't go. Oh, they're the most likely to say yes. No, right. it was like they're the most likely not to be mean, not and like, to hate hurt me. me as much. Right. right. And I and I asked every single person I asked said yes. I can't believe you you've been doing this for free all this time. Of course. And I was like, what? Yeah. What's happening? And in six months, I stopped. You know, side hustling and went full time into being an entrepreneur, but that's why I teach my straddling method. I really hate when I hear people in the online space saying, well, online and offline, quit your just quit your job. If you hate it, quit your job. Yeah. If you don't like it, quit your job. If you're not fulfilled, quit your job. Well, if I had just quit my job, I would have lost my townhouse. Yeah. So I'm glad I didn't just quit my job. Yeah, You've got to have a plan around it. It was yeah, very calculated. calculated risks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, uh, you know, thank you for sharing the journey that got you to launch your business. I I am curious when when in the stage of your self worth journey did you actually start to face the the abuse or face the the issues that had you standing smaller in the life that you did not design that someone had put you in harm's way of. What was that journey like for for your own self discovery as you started to build your business and kind of see that you actually have something of worth that you could sell? Um, but I would love for for you to share that too with our listeners because I myself uh, had several self worth issues where the corporate climb masked a lot of my internal pain. I had very unwelcomed relationships in my life as well, whether they were just friendships or et cetera. I was, I was constantly being taken advantage of because I felt like that's how I had to show up. Because like I shared with you before too, I was highly functional in my dysfunction. So anyone who knew me and worked with me had no clue how I was actually feeling about myself or what I was internally dealing with uh, until I took the time out to work on it in my 30s. And so I was curious. I'm curious for you and your journey when you started to realize um, that you needed to, to find the safe space for yourself to start really working through that side of your life?
0: I am so caught up. I can get so caught up in self will. And I'm sure some of it has to do with I'm a Virgo too. But I started therapy at 23 years old And I'm talking like extensive therapy, like two-hour sessions, two days a week. Then I did group therapy for people who've been sexually assaulted and abused. Then I did art therapy. Then I did equine therapy. I did all the therapies. And that did keep me alive and allowed me to process a lot of the stuff that happened to me. But it did not not do anything for my self-worth. Just like you said... What I was, what how it shows up in business, just so you it, so you guys can look at it within yourselves. In business, how lack of self worth shows up, even if on the outside you're talented at what you do or whatever. I ended up saying yes to crazy clients. I char undercharged. I over over delivered. I'm I'm an over deliver person. Sure, but I'm talk. There, there was over. There's a point of over delivery and then being resentful and burnt out from it. I was working 12 to 14 hours a day because I was operating out of fear. I was so happy to be an entrepreneur. I didn't want to lose it and have to go back to being an employee. So I was insane. And I, anytime a client was upset or they said jump, I mean, it could have been on a Sunday night at seven.
1: Or smart, I could yeah. have been
0: out on a date or doing something, enjoying my life on vacation. I would drop everything and anything so that's you know how it can show up where um, I'm very motivated and so are most people money is a very powerful energy which is why I love teaching about it and I kept getting stuck at around 150 to 250 okay now a lot of you listening are like oh that must be nice well it's all relative okay right, right. I kept getting stuck at 150 250 And I was like, well, I didn't become an entrepreneur to basically work twice as hard and make almost the same as my corporate job. And this was for five years. I could not figure out what the code was I needed to crack. The last place I was looking, by the way, was at myself, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. A <Yep>. little <laughs> external. Oh, you know? I blamed lots of things. It's, I'm sure. in a male dominated industry, yeah. my mom being an entrepreneur, uh, the fact that, you know, yes, I have a good education, but I'm not Ivy League. I mean, I had all sorts the stories of stories. We sell ourselves, right? To right. Yeah. Major stories. And it wasn't until I ended up hiring two, and we could call them, I guess, coaches, mentors. One was a spiritual, he's a spiritual mentor, which Mm -hmm. by the way, that was was not cool or a thing. I mean, I I didn't tell anybody. I mean, people would have thought I was nuts. Right. And he did like the EM, is it EMDR? Yeah. Yeah. He did like trauma therapy. Yeah, like trauma therapy, but in a non-conventional way. And that's where I started learning law of attraction, manifestation, all those things. And then because of that, I called in my longtime business coach into my life, five years into my business. And I asked for help. See, I didn't feel I was worthy of asking for help. Yep. I could pay for it though. So I did have people working for me, but I also... I also let them get away with murder because of my lack of self worth. And I also hired toxic people because I had toxic people all around me. But I was okay paying for help. Um, But really, like saying I needed it and what I needed, I felt like that made me less of an entrepreneur. Like a true entrepreneur doesn't need to hire someone for guidance, they hire employees. So that's how I saw it right yeah. it 's
1: transactional, not relational yeah like in, in that in that type of how we compartmentalize when we are suffering on the inside, but don 't want to admit it quite yet, and can 't be vulnerable in environments because they 're not safe and business, if you have a story you were telling yourself being in business, being an entrepreneur is not a safe space because look what happened to me when my mother was running her own business and what I had to do in order for her to feel satisfied in her business. We, we start to conform these stories that even aren't our own journeys to be on. It was the circumstance we were under, but yet it formed how we show up in the world. And I love that you went a spiritual direction as well as a tactful business Mentorship direction, like in parallel, because they have to unite uh, as on a united front to allow you to show up in alignment, which you know that's what my show is all about. It's like how you actually figure out ways to align what you love with what you do.
0: And I didn't plan this, girl. I called this not. in. That's why, you know, I'm well known for saying when the student is ready, the right teachers appear. Yes. I did not like go Google these people. No. Okay. My spiritual coach appeared looking like a Buddha in the middle of Gold's Gym in Los Angeles. Hell yeah. And he's Lebanese, by the way. Of How course funny. He I just is. realized that. Oh That's my so God. Funny. And he oh, has yeah. that, like, I think the Lebanese accent is one of the most soothing accents. Yeah. It's very, it's just very, it was very soothing comforting. to me. Comforting. Yeah. Comforting. yeah. yeah. And, and we know not all accents are that way. Like, listen <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> 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 so that's how I called him in and then my business coach that was called in that was random. I mean when I hired him he was you know I think he was like 68 year old white male doctor you know wasn't sure. but I didn't know the only people who were in that space was like Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar like again it wasn't a thing and I certainly wasn't going to tell anyone I hired any sort of you know, a success coach because that would mean I'm a failure. Right. You're less than. Yeah. So no one knew. for help. Yeah. yeah. No one knew. But what's amazing is within one year, I went from being stuck at that like 180 to 250 to hitting seven figures in one year. What do you think? I did a lot of work, but... Yeah.
1: No, no. But so like what do... If you were to look back at that one year and think about like maybe the top three things that actually helped you move the needle to to get past your own limitations because obviously there was that hurdle when you have a self-worth blocker it's 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 the only thing you can control is is how you step up into your de- definition of self-worth right so so if you could share with our listeners like what were the top 3 levers that you you either had to let go of something or you had to add something in or just realize about yourself that helped you actually hit that growth spurt in your business. Can you share a little bit about that part of your journey?
0: Yeah, there's three things. Number one was having the awareness. And even if you're a very self-aware person, which I thought I was, like I had the entire Barnes & Noble self-help library, by the way. Sure. Um, if you want a book, let me know. Um, I, wasn't a, I didn't know what I didn't know. So... Those two people were able to, in a loving way, and in a way I could hear them because I did put trust and respect into them, I could hear them and see those things about myself and go, Oh my god, I never put you know one and four together. Wow, that makes so much sense. So it was the awareness, but then what was important was having acceptance around it yeah. because. For someone like me, I then took the bat out and started self abuse. Like I, you know, Tiffany, you should know better. You've read all these self help books. You've yeah. had all this therapy. You know, you're supposed to be more evolved. You're a very, you know, you're a very street smart person, and you've had all these, you know, beliefs holding you back. And it's really so simple. How couldn't you have seen it? You know, you're a piece of shit. So took the bat out. So, when I say acceptance, it means having true, like, loving, non judgmental acceptance of the beautiful things about me, but all of the broken things about me, too. And really going, okay, like, this is in my makeup, and everyone has stuff in their makeup that's not flattering. And then now what? And then the third thing is getting into action about it. A lot of people get stuck in the awareness and even the acceptance. But they don't move into action because that's scary. That's when actual change occurs, big change. And it's so unfamiliar and it's terrifying. I mean, I'm talking, I would throw up some of my beliefs that I had that I needed to let go of. I had to let go of people, I had to let go of attachments, I had to let go of employees. I had to let go of a, a persona, my false self, as I call it, persona. And that took years to let go of because it took me many years to develop. Yeah. To find you know, so persona, like my mask, right? Yeah. And my true self. So that act getting into that action, you know, a lot of people hide behind taking courses, going to seminars, reading all the books, the listening learning. to all the podcasts, yeah. the learning. And that same in business, too. Yeah, they just don't act into what they've learned. And it's I I get it, you guys. It's yeah. it is it is hard. It's painful. It's scary. It's excruciating, but there's no way around it. And I wanted, I wanted to have that peace. I wanted, I I wanted to have that self acceptance. I wanted to feel truly good about myself. I wanted a different life bad enough that I was willing to do that work. And so I did, but I not everyone that. wants it that badly. Well, I I'd also don't I think there's a fear of
1: the other side because your discomfort zone. So I don't call it a comfort zone. I call it a discomfort zone because generally. We're, we're allowing ourselves to live smaller than what we can do because we're convincing ourselves of all the fears that stop us from stretching past what's uncomfortable uh, and what's dysfunctional or what's even painful. You know, for a majority of, of my 20s where I was highly functional career-wise and I would show up in rooms and be, you know, whatever accolades, similar to your story, like we're being validated externally, but inside feeling broken I realized that, yeah, I mastered action, action for other people, action for the demands that they had on me. You know, like I could show up and do pretty much anything someone asked me to do because I was willing, right? And if you start to do, or when you start to do this work on yourself, just like what's happened in your journey, the scary part of being on the other side of the discomfort zone is the unknown. I personally, love those freaking moments because I've now been on the other side so many times of the dysfunction breakdown. Like I, I'm like, okay, that's not working for me. I'm much faster at it. But you don't, you don't know how good you can move through something until you start flexing those muscles to allow yourself to become more nimble in the moment or more flexible and realize, oh, that triggered me. Great. And that's why this is, is showing up right now, like in the negative space of the things we no longer want to have. So I think action is so key. And I love that you bring that up as the third point because we can do all the learning, we can have the understanding, we can even find self uh, acceptance. Self worth, even the word itself, requires an energy exchange of some sort that has to show up in your action in order to truly find the validation that it's working for you. And the only validation that matters is the one that you believe about yourself. And it is 100% reflected in the businesses we run, the careers we build, is, is how what we truly believe we are and who we're meant to show up as and how we're meant to go put it out into the world. So I love that those are the top three things, having you know, amazing awareness, getting into a nurtured environment that allows you to find acceptance. Because it sounds like that's what your two coaches created for you. And in the toggle between the practical and the actionable business tactics with the emotional stability required to even run your own business, but identify who you want to be in this world and how you want to show up so that it can walk alongside each other as you're building that practice. When you came on the other side of this work, and I know it's a consistent evolution, right? We're never finished. Tell me a little bit about what that felt like at the end of that first year and looking at your results. And then how have you leveraged what you learned in that year on the business that you have today and how you continue to grow into the business you truly desire?
0: Well, like the rest of my life... (laughs) It is not a fairy tale. It's more like one of those lifetime movies that is horrible, but you can't stop watching. Yes. Um, so there's always deeper layers. There's always lessons. It's you don't. It's not as clean and pretty as you do the work. You hire the people. You show up. You go through the pain. And now, ta da! I wish it was like that. It it was definitely not like that for me. So I had. A million dollars in the bank by the time I was 30 years old. Now I like making a point of saying it's in the bank because a lot of people say, I make millions of dollars. Well, what's in your damn bank? But anyway. And I had a split second where I went, wow, that's pretty cool to see seven figures in your bank. A split second. Yeah. But I but I wasn't gonna, you know, celebrate that. You know, I was. I was a doer. I was more focused on doing and being more productive. Clearly, I had a lot more self-worth work to do. Within three months, almost all of that money was gone because of my lack of self-worth. And this is how tricky it is. It shows up, even though I'm doing the work, because I ended up trusting on blind faith, which is something people of low self-esteem, low self-worth do. We do a lot of blind faith. We're all or nothing. We either like don't want to be around you or like you're our life and you're on a pedestal and all that. And so, one of my clients who I still highly respect to this day, I, you know, felt safe enough to tell him like, "Hey, I have all this money and like I don't know what the fuck to do with it." And he's like, "Oh, you need to talk to so and so." And so and so came over to my house and Blind faith, right? I mean, this is like someone I really regarded, referred. Didn't check him out myself. I did get a weird gut feeling. It was very slick. You know, those people who are just like almost too smooth. And I did get a gut feeling, but because I had a lot more work to do on my self-worth, who am I? Like, Tiffany, you're being judgmental. Like, good people aren't judgmental. This is the inner dialogue. Like, yeah. you're just, you know, you're you're kind of just saying that just because he's well-spoken and you're jaded. So I ignored my gut. I also signed some 50 pages of documents, like financial documents, those kind of things. When you're investing money are very long and tedious. I did not read one word. I signed and dated every page. He invested me in faulty, fake... Gold mines without getting really boring about it. There's no legal recourse I had. I signed everything and he right. was working in the gray area. So there was nothing I could do and talk about a shame spiral sure. that I went in. So just because you're doing the work, I'm guaranteeing you, while you're doing the real work, more heavy crap's going to come up because then it takes you to even deeper levels. I wish that wasn't the case. There's no way around the pain except going through it. And that had to happen to me in order for me to get shook awake and to see that I should have trusted my my intuition. My intuition was right. I had to have a painful lesson and hit me in a big way like that to wake me up. And then upon that awakening,
1: the rude awakening of... Basically having someone else steal something from you, right? Because here it is another trigger of innocence being stolen, achievement, achievement being stolen, like the, you know, that that is so heartbreaking in itself. What then did you shift to start the project me process? Like what is it that helped you design that in order to help others figure out their money mindset? how to also align their self-worth with their net worth because it has given you amazing collateral, I'll call it. So there's some damage for sure, but you have amazing collateral from your story that then you spun and you created this long-standing business since that moment. So tell us a little bit about what you are focused on today and how you leverage those moments of going through the pain in order to create the business that you have now.
0: I remember even where I was in my you know luxury townhouse in Los Angeles I can picture where I was right now and I was just in a state of shock I, truly I was numb and then I went to anger and this is why I say anger is not about emotion anger can propel us into action I needed anger and I was so angry I wasn't angry at this guy I was mad at myself I mean I I didn't read anything. I didn't trust my instincts. I was tremendously angry at myself and that anger propelled me to go, you know what? This is bullshit. Enough's enough already. I I need I I need to go all in, which is a saying I use all the time in my podcast. I need to go all in on working on healing healing myself so this doesn't happen and I vow that I am going to teach millions of women these lessons and help guide them through it someday. Like I was like that intense anger around it. But even though I had the idea and the name for Project Me and even a version of the logo, I still didn't start it for many, many years. So my other company, which, you know, TLC Enterprises, it's not a, it's a behind-the-scenes company. It's not like you're gonna find it on social media. My other company that is the parent company for Project Me with Tiffany Carter, I still stayed doing that similar to you. There was no way I could start a business in that state. I knew that'd be out of integrity, which is my number one core value, which is why I one another reason why I feel you and I are so connected. I knew that'd be out of integrity. Can you imagine how I would coach people and the shit I would say and the stuff I would post without having done deep healing work, but having yet enough knowledge and words to make it seem like I knew what was up? That could have been very dangerous. And there was a part of me that knew that. And it was that like, Person who I've always been that person of like truth and honesty that's always been in the core. So I wasn't going to do that. So that took me many years before I felt I was ready to start Project Me with Tiffany Carter, which wasn't until a year and a half ago.
1: I love it. I love it because it's intentional. Like you at least realized you had a strong intention to help others get through what you have gone through, but you realize that in order to make that intention worthy and have legs, right? that it would be sustainable, scalable, and a model that people could rely on, you had to pause in your own journey to make sure your self-foundation was in place while you're generating the revenue and the income through the business that you modeled. Leverage is everything like leveraging what you do really well to give yourself the time freedom to focus on the self work to then create the products and the tools and the method of impact you have time for that i think a lot of us get caught up in the must happen right now because if it doesn't happen right now they're, they're going to miss out i'll tell you this no one knows what's going on in your head this is for my listeners like no one knows what's going on in your head And there is always a time to make it happen, figuring out the strategy on how best and when to launch that idea, build that business, start that side hustle, whatever's going on with you, make the career change you want to make, go for the promotion. There needs to be something behind how you actually go about it in order to do it in a way that lands well and that has legs to scale.
0: And... A thousand percent. I I love that you did that. I believe... Truly, because of that, and exactly what you teach people, because I was in my core values, I also brought spirituality into it. So I do trust divine timing, but yeah. that's taken me a lot of work because to, to surrender and trust divine timing, you do have to have your self-worth in order. Yes. And but I was also strategic. So that's why Project Me with Tiffany Carter, the podcast, my business coaching, my membership my course, all the things. That's why it has grown so quickly in revenue and popularity because of the pre-work I did. Right. And that's not what people see. No. They just see all the Instagram followers, all the big podcasts and all of that. The pre-work I did set it up so that it could blow up really quickly, yeah. if that makes sense.
1: It totally makes sense. And and you, you were mastering different skill sets, uh, your skill set of service. So what you do in your business today, you're mastering a, mo- a model of how you actually run a transactional-based business in an authentic way. And then you were mastering yourself on on who do you need to be to stand in the vision that you have for yourself. And then you put a launch plan together on the timing that felt right in the divine intervention that's required in order to actually put it out into the world. Because it is, it is ultimately... You, your, your comfort of how you put your head down on your own pillow every single night and have excitement about the life you have, have belief in who you are and how you want to step into the world and ask to be shown who you're meant to serve and who you're meant to connect with and, and allow yourself that um, connected time with self. If you're disjointed on the inside, everything you're putting out into the world is disjointed.
0: Yeah, when people wonder why am I not attracting clients? Why, you know, maybe people come to me, but then they then they never buy from me. The common denominator is always you. That's right. And that was the harshest thing that was said to me. And by the way, I didn't realize that on my own. No. That was said to me. And I and it hit me between the eyes. I was no. like, I didn't like that no. because I was blaming, you know, this, that, and the other. And I, you know, I blamed God too. I mean, I was blaming. I blamed everything. I never, even, never even crossed my mind. Yeah, <laughs> that then I was, was the common denominator. Right,
1: <laughs> right. And that's a, and it's a, it's that self awareness for sure that then bleeds into your self worth. Right. It it it. And so this journey, you know, and the way you're sharing it is so awesome. And thank you because it, it, it I know it has not been easy. And I know you're still riding the wave of learning and willingness and how to step up and build your business in an authentic way. Uh, Project Me is something, though, that has such an impact ripple effect of all this work you've done. So let tell our, our listeners what Project Me is all about and why you're so passionate about it.
0: I didn't have to create Project Me from a financial point of view. Okay, my other company is a seven-figure company. I have millions in the bank. I, I didn't have to do it for that reason, which is why I think it also translates so beautifully. But my soul had to do it. I knew I had to do it. I was terrified when I I was terrified to press publish on the website I had created. I was terrified to press, you know, have my producer Tim put out the first podcast. Terrified. And I still have done all this work because now this is a brand with you know my face and my name and most importantly, it's my baby. It's so important and near and dear to me. What if the thing that's so near and dear to me doesn't help anybody and doesn't translate? Then why am I here on this earth? Oh my God, so much came up, but I did it anyway. I did yeah. it regardless, as I say a lot. So I just did it regardless, terrified, just just went for it. And Project Me, the Emmy and Project Me are in caps because I want you guys to know that in order to have your most exceptional life, you are the number one project and priority in your life. And it stops and ends there. It is not selfish to put yourself first. It's necessary. It's selfish not to put your well-being first without a doubt from whether it is you you say no to helping a friend move even though your friend helped you move because you know you feel like it might make you sick or drain you putting yourself first right you you say no this client's not a good client for me to work with and trust your instincts versus just chasing you know the money or feeling bad because that you know they need your help no nope. putting yourself first so that is The premise of Project Me and I teach women how to become financially empowered by doing things that they love and that mean a lot to them and end up being of service to so many others. So I support heavily sex trafficked girls now. So in we have their safe houses that are all over that you guys probably aren't aware of. They're um, in the suburbs because you need to keep these girls away from the pimps because they'll actually run back to them and they can't be near a bus stop. So I go every single Friday and I spend time with them. I obviously contribute monetarily. And that really is a big reason for my why. But also going back to that vow that I made when I lost all that money and I got really angry, I vowed that I would make sure I taught other women how to find their self-worth, how to become financially empowered and not be dependent on any job, man, woman, uncle, institution ever. Because that's the most freeing thing you can do is free yourself from yourself.
1: I love that. I mean, it's it's just such a gift, Tiffany, to see you stand in your calling. Really, like knowing that the suffering occurred at such a young age, uh, the willingness to actually not have that be your story—it's just part of your story of how you came to be today. But the the pay it forward in what you're doing with the education, the support, and really creating an environment and a community of acceptance—it's not like you're gonna, uh, you know judge anyone who shows up into your arena and starts the Project Me work. It's to actually say, look, all welcome. Let's figure it out. Let me show you the methods of how you figure it out. If you no longer want this story that you're telling yourself to hold you back from the life that you're meant to have. When I have worked with um, different uh, men and women who have gone through abusive situations and trying to figure out you know, why they're blocked, whether it's in a career move, a relationship, their spiritual connection either. And I know that it's because of something that is a, a long-standing conformed uh, belief in themselves that they have to retell and rewrite, really. It, it comes in a simple form of, of thinking about the limitations that that created on you that you never designed for yourself. And so I always say don't let the limitations of others like whether it has been done to you something that they made you believe about yourself become your own. Because you get to be the design of, you know, the designer of your life and I love that you relate it back to the money mindset because self-worth is a reflection of your net worth and you have really cool practical ways for people to understand that and really start this journey, but also be in a place where they could dialogue on it that is safe and nurturing and allows them to stand in the willingness to learn to redefine it for themselves.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, money have... is such a powerful energy. That's yeah. why I'm... And if people get triggered by how much I talk about money, which is a good thing because that allows you to say, well, why am I triggered yeah. around talking about money? There's a lot of shame around money. There's a lot mm-hmm. of shame around being in debt. And it's like, people don't know I'm in debt because I'm like rocking you know, a Gucci bag, but my ass is in debt, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And if you don't have a happy bank account, or if you get money and then you lose money or your paycheck to paycheck, no matter how many promotions you've had, I guarantee you there is some kind of story going on that's internal that is causing that. So I created a really cool quiz and it wasn't like something created in a day. Like this took three people to create. And it's a free quiz to uncover your money blocks and your money personality And it's done in a fun way. So it's not like you guys are going to feel like judged, but it's really good just to know where you're at and what you guys get. Like I'll even say what I am, which sounds horrible. I don't know why we named it this, but whatever. I'm a swinger. (laughs) Nice. You're a swinger with the money, huh? (laughs) So that's my money personality. Um, But you just go to projectmewithtiffany.com and it's right there at the top of the page. It says like take quiz. It's free. projectmewithtiffany.com. And it is going to give you some insight on, you know what? Okay. It's that awareness we talk about. Yeah.
1: And then to be able to articulate it. So what does swinger mean?
0: So swinger is someone who jumps. My tendency is to jump from thing to thing. Mm. So this thing doesn't work one time. I'm over it. Yeah. And now I'll go do another thing.
1: Oh, I think I'm oh, a swinger.
0: Right. Oh, and <laughs> and you guys, I just, I mean, I launched recently my first like signature program. And did it have the end results that I anticipated? I'm a very realistic businesswoman, but I've never launched I've never launched a course under this brand. So I don't know. No, it did not. Um, meet my expectations whatsoever. So what's my tendency, right? And because we did this quiz, right? I know my tendency is I'm never going to do a course again. I'm over it. I'm bored. It's annoying. Been there, done that, tried it. Right. Yeah. So because I'm aware of it, I'm like, slow your roll, right. like take some time to breathe and come back and have your team assess what worked here, what yeah. didn't work as well. This is a beautiful product. And what can we do better next time? So I can like catch myself from my tendency to be like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm,
1: I'm similar. So I, I probably will. I can't wait to take this quiz. So you guys, you have to go and grab this Tool and take the quiz. It's at projectmewithtiffany.com and just take the quiz and we would love to see your results. I'm going to do it and tag <laughs> tag Tiffany and my results so we see what, what what I am. I am very. I think I'm lean towards the swinger two. I can't wait to learn what the other uh, personalities are there on the money side because I it's just it's just knowledge for you to articulate better how you show up, you know and and I think then it becomes so much easier to have. Uh, energy exchange with money, understanding how you stand in it and then if you're triggered by the results to be like no that's not me or you know then you got some work to do because if it's showing up and that is your personality it'll help you identify where if you want to change your money story, how much is in the bank, then you can actually take some actions based on under better understanding how you stand in it. So thank you for that gift for my listeners cuz I know You're, they'll take advantage. Well they of it.
0: they might not thank me if they don't like the results. And PS, I didn't like I got swinger so much that I was like I retook it again and Thanks. I I helped create this. I yeah. took it again, I still got swinger again. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Oh my god, am I Am I really going to share this in my like Instagram stories, and everyone's going to know I'm a swinger? So it brought up stuff for me, and I created the damn. Yeah. Thing. Well, because that just means we have more more work to do, and that's why I'm
1: like, I could totally see that as part of me. But you know what? Knowing if if let's say my result also comes out as swinger because it sounds very similar to how I respond to things. I'm someone that loves variety. And so when if something's on repeat and it doesn't have the outcome that I really think is impactful or desirable or energize me, on to the next. That's, that's like that's <laughs> exactly. literally how I think. But that's also what helped us build multi-million dollar businesses because that's the creative side. That's like what actually makes us think, okay, there is something next. But am I abandoning a group of people that actually need that and I just didn't speak to them properly or I didn't attract them into that the right way or service them the right way? Did I even ask them what they wanted? The other, because the, I see this all the time too, when we put products out into the world or, or programs offering, it's from our head. We think we know what they want. We forget to ask, what do you want? So that I can provide that for you. And that's the piece I'm learning so that when I do design these programs, it's actually already been validated that someone else wants it.
0: <laughs> Girl, I we I did market research. I'm not joking you for four months. That's part of why I got so Pissed and went into my swinger because I did all the right things, right? And then, therefore, I'm over it. But that's a reactionary response. That's right. right. Taking a step back is there's multi billion dollar companies that do all the right things. McDonald's launches products and it doesn't catch. Coca Cola launches whole new lines and it doesn't catch. That doesn't mean they're not going to release it, but maybe that ad campaign. Didn't translate with people or the color of the product. I mean, it can be one word. It could be the name. Yeah, it's it's also why you do a retrospective, which is like the
1: another tool that I share with with my listeners have heard me talk about this before too. Where it's where you assess, you know, what went really well, what went wrong that we never want to do again, and what else could we be doing, or what else do we need to add in in order to really hit the mark on what it has to be evolutionary otherwise all you're having are one hit wonders and you want a full album right like there's there's the the method of the portfolio of what you're you're creating a user journey for for your clients it has to have more than just one song to listen to so figuring out ways to learn from every single action you take, every single thing you put out there, understanding yourself better, raising your self worth, and everything that you do—it's a winning package. You know, you you will have results from the end. Whether you, how you choose to look at those results, that has to do with your mindset. So it's it's a matter of being tactful yet real with the situation, and then making some decisions on how to move forward. And I love I love that you share how you're in action on it. Tiffany, it's been so great to also just have and share you with my listeners because I know they'll benefit from that. They're going to grab the quiz. Guys, take a picture of your result when you do the quiz so we know what your uh, result is and we can all commiserate if we're we're calling ourselves or celebrate whatever it is. Uh, But tag us in it. You can share it on on your Insta story and tag us both. Uh, in that image uh, tiffany you're you're at project me Tiffany
0: yeah I'm at on Instagram I'm at project me with Tiffany and project me is one word I should pop right up and that's the same for my podcast it's project me one word with Tiffany and you just type in project me one word my show pops right up on all the things love it so
1: tag us both and and That way we can really see how this is in action. But also go check out her program because if you're not um, quite sure how to raise your self-worth in order to raise your net worth, Tiffany is totally your guide. Obviously, she's been through it. She's been through a lot, but she's so willing to share her lessons learned with you, which is such a gift. And also the methods of how she built a multi-million dollar business and actually has a life around that business. And if you haven't checked out her podcast, you should totally go check out her podcast too because there's so many great interviews there, but also just another plethora of information for you to leverage in order for you to step up into that badass journey that I know you're on. So Tiffany, I love to end my show with one question. So before I let you go, I ask this one thing. How do you define what a badass is?
0: A badass is someone who has embraced a zero fucks attitude where you don't care what anyone else thinks about you. You stay in your own lane. You're focused on your own goals, your own vision, your own dream, and you own it all, flaws and all. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tiffany. And I
1: really appreciate your time and gifting my listeners with your journey. But most of all, how you show up in the world um, because we we need more Tiffany's. We need you. And so thank you for showing up for us.
0: Thank you for having me. Bye, guys.
1: Wasn't that such a great episode? I know you got amazing takeaways from that. What I would love for you to do for me, if you can help me extend my reach, is go ahead and subscribe to the show so you get the latest notification and listen before anyone else. Also, if you could go ahead and post your review, your five-star review will help me get other people interested in this conversation and extend my reach of impact.